up, everybody? It's your homegirl, Natasha Daniels. What's up? And uh, welcome to another episode of Go With God podcast. And the crowd goes wild. Listen, I just want to tell everybody, as always, like I do every time I get on here week after week, thank you guys so much for tuning in. So it's been a fun season. Like it's been a really, really good season. The Lord has been really, really good to me. Uh, I've been able to talk about a lot of different topics, a lot of different things. Some of them, you know, hit a little more close to home than others. But um, I'm definitely really, really grateful for each opportunity that I get to share uh, what the Lord is saying. Um, Of course, um, you guys have been fantastic and wonderful. Uh, A, I don't know if you guys know, but I've gotten a thousand downloads. Like this is absolutely dope to me. Um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for you guys wanting to enjoy my tea. (laughs) No, I'm definitely just messing with you. But seriously, all jokes aside, thank you guys so much for getting into this with me and for being excited about what I'm talking about, but more than anything, you know, applying it where it's needed. Um, I can't say thank you enough. Those of you guys who send me emails at a GWG podcast, um, at yahoo.com. Thank you guys for your feedback, for those updates. I got a lot of stuff, uh, you know, down the pike that I want to talk about. Um, so I think it's going to be really, really good. So listen, before you even, before we go through with today's stuff, uh, please make sure that you guys go ahead and tag, share, like, um, I just got it, um, into iHeart radio, the podcast in iHeart. And listen, cause somebody came up to me and said that they couldn't find my podcast in Apple. Uh, when you go into Apple, you're going into the podcast, not Apple music, go into to the podcast. Um, and you guys can just type in um go with god podcast by natasha daniels because i ain't that famous yet (laughs) so you you probably gotta type in the whole thing go with god um podcast by natasha daniels and then you guys should see it pop up from there all right so let's get into it today um this topic actually, uh, I mean, most of the topics are going to be dear to my heart, but this one I'm going to kind of be going in and out f- from teaching to giving y'all some tea today. Um, so let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you and I bless you. You are wonderful to us all the time. I really, really, really don't know how we would do this without you. Um, and because of that, Father, we just say thank you. I love you and I adore you in Jesus name. Amen. So today's scripture actually is going to come from a sermon that I preached um, last year or two years ago. I was at a women's conference. Big shout out to my homegirl, Hawa. Um, That's my boo, man. Let me tell you, she's absolutely amazing. You want to see somebody who's dedicated to God. Hawa is, I'm blessed to have her in my life. So uh, she asked me to come down for a conference and to preach. And I preached about, you know, the intimacy of the Lord or, or the secret place of the Lord and how we get into that through intimacy. And so the Lord had kind of shared some things with me about the Fowler's trap or the bird trap. Um, my scripture that I came from was really Psalm 91 talking about the secret place of the Lord and how we're hidden in the secret place of the most high God. Um, but also in that verse, it, 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 it tells you about the contrary or about the imitator, which is the bird trap. You know, the enemy sets out these things called snares, 
right? And snares are bird traps. And it's really important that you understand why it's called a snare, why it's called a bird trap, because it's going to help you um, get to the place that God has for you. Uh, So we could talk about that in a little bit. So the verse I'll talk about a little bit today is Psalm 91, three through five, but I'm gonna give y'all some tea too. All right. So, uh, Psalm 91, three through five, um, for it was, or for it is he who rescues you from the net of the trapper and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. All right. So that's Psalm 91, three through four. So let's kind of talk about this. So tonight or today's, you know, I always say tonight, my bad, because I'm so used to being in church. But today's topic really is called um, Natasha the Undiva. And um, this is going to be talking about uh, my feminine, uh, my the woman me. But it's also going to be talking about my self-esteem and lack thereof. A lot of things that I did not realize the enemy was setting me up for later on in life. Um, For those that don't know, my husband is into the Sarah Jakes type, (laughs) the Megan Good type. They always have to be done up. Um, Hair always got to be done. Nails on fleek. Makeup. The whole nine yards. Right. So <laughs> I know for some of y'all are like, Tosh, that's not really you. I know. Right. That's crazy. So, no, that's not really me. So I don't know how the two of us got hooked up off of his preference. Hear me. Right. Because his preference is almost like a doll baby. And those who really know him know that to be true. That doesn't mean that my husband doesn't love me. That doesn't mean anything. But you know, if 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 he's got an alter ego side, his alter ego side needs to, likes to, desires to be with a diva. So uh, I'm going to call today Natasha the undiva. I've already gotten my tears out. Um, so I think I'm going to be good for, for this topic. So the reason why I call this Natasha the Undiva is because I have battled most of my life with low self-esteem. I have battled most of my life with my feminine. Uh, I've been trying to say the word femininity, but I don't really think that that's a word. (laughs) Um, But the feminine side of me, the, the, the feminine, the woman me. I have really been, I have always struggled with that. Now, for the record, because I know that family, friends, a lot of people listen to this, Tasha, you was a flamethrower. No, that's not what that means. Um, it does not mean that, you know, I like girls and all that. That's not what that means. I mean, if that's, you know, what you do, that's completely fine. But what it does do is it creates a new mindset. Not being able to be, if you're, a, if you're a male and not being able to be the man that you want to be, and if you're a woman, not being able to be the feminine or the non-masculine, non-testosterone, estrogen part of you, you do pick up characteristics of the opposite trait, right? Because there's only two. There's only male and female. There's only testosterone and estrogen. There's nothing in between. There's only feminine and masculine, right? And so... Even if you don't sexually desire the same sex, you do pick up their mindsets. Um, and we could talk about this on a, on a whole nother podcast, but I want to 
uh, talk about this because I think a lot of people are struggling with this. And, and, and what we're struggling with is we are struggling with being able to be a man and going through what men go through and it being okay, right? So an example is let's say that you're a man and you have a moment in life where you're not successful the way you want to be. That doesn't mean that you're a punk, right? Because you didn't reach that level of success. It just simply means that you need more skill sets in your tool belt in order to create the success or version of you that you see. That, that That's all that that means. But the world has kind of desensitized the man in a lot of different factors because I'm into, um, you know, the way that black culture and society, not just from slavery, but even before then, I am somebody who's into history and genealogy and understanding the mental state and the mental breakdown of African-Americans and uh, the black people and people of power and how other cultures and ethnicities have risen to power by breaking down, you know, the black power. And, and, and so we could talk about that whole time, but I'm sp- being specific to a very non-complex conversation about a man being able to not be, in, be called a sissy, right? Just because he is not beating people up all day. Uh, a, a man, you know, um, not being called gay or a faggot just because he enjoys fashion okay um I'm going somewhere with this okay so so stay with me right so it's the same thing for me Natasha the Undiva is someone who was told a lot of her life that she was a boy okay a lot of my life I have been told that I am a little boy okay I am very rough um, I am very, I've got three brothers. I've got, and you guys have, you know, always heard about that on my podcast. I have a host of um, boy cousins on one side of my family. And on the other side of my family, I have a host of female cousins, but they're all older than me. Um, I'm kind of like the baby of both sides of the family for the first cousins. Um, and so... Most of my childhood has been Natasha is rough. Natasha is um, independent. Natasha is um, extremely stubborn, <laughs> which all are, are true. You know, I'm not saying that any of it is false necessarily. Uh, they're true. But I was not given the opportunity to be feminine. Uh, my mother... Uh, did a heck of a job, as I always say, in raising us. Um, But my mom, um, a lot of what was done for us as children was because of the situation that we had to overcome, right? And it's not necessarily unique, um, especially in today's culture. But, you know, my my parents had gotten a divorce. um, And so it left my mom in a predicament to have to provide and have to survive for three children. Um, And there were things that we didn't understand that we understand now that we're older, but we didn't understand at the time, emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, you know, a lot of things we didn't understand. And so the point of me saying that is when I was younger, my grandmother, I was with my grandmother often, Uh, my grandma, both of our grandparents we were with very often. And so when I was at my grandma Moverton's house, because that's how we would identify them, my grandma Moverton and my grandma May. Don't ask me why. That's just how we identified them. We identified them as last names, 
we didn't call them Edna and Bertha. It was Grandma Overton who was Bertha, and it was Grandma May who was Edna, and that's how we identified them, Ed, um, May and Overton. And so my dad's mom, we were there most of the summers. Uh, our cousins were up from Maryland, so we were with them most of the summers outside playing basketball. I had sweaty armpits, y'all. Like, <laughs> my pits was wild. I remember my grandma. Um, this is the first time I learned about baking soda. I guess the deodorant I was wearing just, it wasn't cutting it. You know, Tussie from back, y'all know Tussie, right? Tussie from back in the day. It just wasn't enough. Um, my pits was, but I used to play hard. You know, everything that I did, I did it hard, right? And so when I was with my grandma May, my grandma May, uh, which is my mother's mom, um, she hated the fact that I would be outside with the boys playing around, which really were my brothers, um, I was outside playing with my brothers and stuff, um, and she would she would scrub me. You know, she was from the south, and so she would scrub my knees and she would scrub the back of my neck because it was too it was too dark, and you know she would try to scrub the black off of me, and and then she would say things like, you know, you're a little boy, you run around with the boys all day, and yada yada yada. You know, and I didn't pay it any mind. I actually started to wear it as a badge of honor because it started to make me real good in sports. Right. My determination to be like the guys started to make me really, really good in sports. So when my mom would ask me things like, hey, do you want to come cook in the kitchen? Um, no. <laughs> Why would I want to do what the girls do when I'm getting more recognition for doing what the boys do? Right. I'm getting good applause and bad applause. I'm getting good conversation and bad conversation about being this little tomboy right I was in camp um you know and I actually know some some of my girls uh, or some of the, the 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 girls who were a part of my camp um are doing fantastic things um Keisha is one of those people where she was always confident as a young black girl you know at eight and nine years old at the summer camp we just knew she'd be president and right now, you know, she's speaking at colleges. She's got her own business. So big shout out to Keisha if you're, you know, if you get an opportunity to listen to this podcast. And um, so, you know, with the girls, though, what they would do at camp is, you know, they have those like, like Daisy Duke type Jones on. And, you know, I didn't like those. <laughs> they, were, they, they restricted me when I was playing basketball. You know, I couldn't do what I wanted to do or play football, you know. And um, they used to... They used to do that, and then what they would do is they would play like double dutch, and they play hopscotch, and I didn't want to play none of them games. <laughs> I didn't want to play none of them games. Like, you know, they'd be in the back and they'd be like painting their nails. And I think my mom at one point bought me like Easy Bake Oven. And no, 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 no. I don't want to do none of that stuff. I don't want to know how to bake. And to this day, I don't like baking. Um, I don't want to learn how to bake. I don't. I don't want to do any of that because. That's what I'm supposed to do as a girl, okay? Like even dolls, they would give me doll babies. And, um, you know, it was just, here's a doll. You know, here's a Princess Jasmine doll. You know, I grew up in in, in the 90s, early 90s, um, at the end of the 80, um, 80s era into the 90s. And so, you know, um, Aladdin was on and, a, a you know, Princess Jasmine doll was coming out. And then they had these big, like, cabbage patch dolls at my size I think they were called my size Barbie dolls and it was never that I didn't get along with the girls I just didn't feel like I was a girl all right now, now stick with me because this is extremely important 
I never felt like I was a girl. I was never, and my mom used to put ballies in my hair. Oh God, I used to, I used to, I just, (laughs) mom, I'm sorry, but you know, I mean, she knows how I feel. Anything I'm talking about is not something that my family doesn't necessarily know. It's just, I'm sharing it with the world. (laughs) Um, I, I, I told you guys in the last podcast, you know, I had a jerry curl at 12. Oh my God. I used to go to school and sometimes my mom would do my hair and you know, black, black girls, um, the little ballies would be in your hair and your hair would still be sticking up because you could tell that it was done that morning. You know, it wasn't done the night before. And, oh, it was just horrible. (laughs) But giving a shout out to my mom, you know, she really did (laughs) do what she could to make me dress girly, be girly. But there was a nature inside of me. There was something inside of me that I didn't get the praise I was looking for from being one. You know, my mom would call me cute, but it wasn't really my standard of cute. And to be honest with you, at 7, 8, 10, 12, you may or may not know what your standard is. But I knew it wasn't that. You know, I remember going to K&G and Fashion Bug. Oh, my God. Am I, am I helping somebody? I remember, you know, just Walmart, uh, Kmart, uh, Value City. Oh God. And I, I, I get it. You know, no, no, no shade to anybody. I get it. Cause just like I told you guys before, we used to go to Aldi's before Aldi's was popular. So, you know, no shade. I just, it just wasn't me. It didn't have my identity on it. Right. It didn't have my stamping on it. And so I know some of you guys are like, Tasha, you just chit chat. I am because I'm, I'm, I promise you I'm going to get somewhere today. And so this undiva started to be born of Natasha Daniels at that time Natasha Overton the undiva was birthed out of what everybody kept calling me everybody kept calling me a boy everybody kept calling me stinky and and I wasn't I really wasn't stinky like but you know I did have funky pits I ain't even gonna hold you there wasn't any uh there wasn't any cultivation there wasn't enough cultivation to combat the aspects of me that got more attention I was getting way more attention in sports I was getting way more attention with my brothers I was getting way more attention you know in pickup basketball games and I was getting way more attention than I was you know on the feminine side of me however there were still aspects of me that were extremely feminine um I remember, first of all, house got everybody in trouble, okay? Um, there were a lot of inappropriate moments that happened with house, a playing house, things that you you don't even understand. And I don't have any children, but even for my godson, we don't play house. We, we don't pl- prematurely play house. Um, anybody who grew up during my time and my era can honestly say you were imitating a life that you shouldn't have been imitating, Um, and it definitely led and bled into, um, some behavior that was questionable for me. Um, and one of the things that became questionable for me was, uh, at a young age, I had already experienced, uh, being molested by a family member, um, and also was already starting to, um, get and dibble dabble into inappropriate, uh, they weren't relationships, but encounters with other boys. 
Um, I remember one vividly that our next door neighbor had um, said that I had tried to kiss him in the hallway of his home. And it was true. (laughs) It was true. I don't even remember if, you know, I had told the truth or not. You know, at the time we were we were living um, in Pensalkin and it was true. I didn't know that it was wrong. Right. I, I I knew that that's what I was doing with um, when we were playing house, when I was playing house. That's what we were doing. So I didn't understand what the what the issue was. And don't forget what I'm saying. I was always around the boys. Um, I did have a couple of female friends uh, that I won't name. Um, I did have a couple of female friends when I was younger. But by the time I had moved away from Pensalkin and moved into Cherry Hill, things were very, very, very different for me. Um, even, you know, I, I had some other inappropriate encounters um, at a very young age, at seven and eight years old, that looking back on it now, I'm being told that I'm a little boy from adults, right? I'm, 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 I'm being praised for my mentality, for my skills, and I'm being rejected by the opposite sex, right? So I'm being I'm being applauded by people positively and negatively saying that I'm a boy. And then I'm being rejected by men or having inappropriate encounters with young boys that was killing my self-esteem. And so I remember when I finally was about seven or eight, my father and my mother had divorced. And I remember a song had came on from Total. There was a group that I think Bad Boys um, was with. It was three girls. It was three ladies. And I, I'm pretty sure their name was Total. And they were singing this song, and it was called, I think, Do You Think About Us? And meanwhile, it wasn't it wasn't talking about what I thought it was talking about. My parents were really heavy into music. My dad was into like bad boys. My mom was into simply mad about the house and soundtracks and the Carney Wilson sisters. Um, but she was also into Tony Braxton and my dad was into rap. And so my family was heavily involved in, in music. Um, and one day me and my brothers, we had put this record on and it was by total. And we knew that there were some, albums and CDs we were not allowed to listen to because they were my dad's um but my dad wasn't there my dad had already moved out he had already left or he was moving out um he had left my, my parents were already in the process of being separated and and being divorced and I remember this song and it was like do you think about us you think about do you think about us and I hadn't seen my dad in a little while and there was a picture right in the family room where we used to live and it was of my my family it was a picture of my family my mom my dad brother I mean my mom my dad my two brothers and myself and I remember looking at that picture when that song came on and I lost it. I was seven years old, maybe eight. I'm pretty sure I was seven. And I was screaming at the top of my lungs. You don't think about us. You don't care about us. Yelling. I hadn't seen my dad. And and, and 
word on the street and in air quotes was that I was a big daddy's girl. My dad, you know, named me. Um, I was a big daddy's girl. A lot of it I couldn't remember as I got older because of all the trauma from the divorce. It was very, very tumultuous for all of us, for me and my brothers. Um, you know, and, and let me just put a pin right there. Parents who get a divorce, I'm not telling you to stay together necessarily for the children, but you do have to understand that you're not the only ones going through the grief of a dying marriage. Children are often also going through not seeing their parents together anymore. And it does have an effect on them for things and reasons that they cannot understand. Oftentimes we feel like it's our fault or we feel like there's a way we can bring you guys back together. Um, But let me just say, don't neglect your child's health and well-being and mental state if you need to get a divorce and you're listening to this. Um, Make sure that their mental health and state is a priority because there are a lot of things I didn't get healed from that I didn't even know were issues that stemmed from my parents' divorce until I got older, until I got into Christ. All right. So I'm saying that because I was yelling at this picture. My family was officially being broken up and I hated the fact that my father was not there. He was nowhere to be found. I hadn't seen my dad. And so if anybody, because my dad used to take me sometimes to get my nails done and, 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 you know, he always called me pretty girl or beautiful. And my mom did too, you know, it's nothing against my mother, but as I'm growing, I'm already associating with a gender and I'm being rejected by the male gender, the masculine gender. And so now the, the most influential person uh, or figure in my daddy-daughter relationship is now not here. And when I tell you it crushed my world, I didn't even know it was crushing my world. It absolutely crushed my world. I was singing this song and I was yelling at this portrait of my family. And I was yelling at my dad through this portrait and I was telling him, you don't care about us, you don't think about us. And I had stood on the couch, I was little, stood on the couch and I am yelling and my brothers ran in. And my brothers ran in. Trying to figure out, (laughs) what is wrong with you? And I think a reality had hit me. My dad was not there. Not only was he not there, but my dad was, uh, you know, when he can tell his testimony, you know, when I invite him on the show. But my dad was starting another life. And it was the first time, you know, in order for me to do these podcasts, sometimes I got to reflect on my my life not the image of my life but my actual life because it's important that I pull the truth so that way we can couple it with God's word and bring healing to people and so it was the first time that I can really recall not feeling safe I felt like this young girl was now left by herself. And this is something that's always starting, this is something that had become my weakness. 
is that I never felt safe. And so I had to find ways to make myself safe. Loved, valued, important. Not realizing that they were all cover cover ups for hurt, for disappointment, for pain. And where this gets into the sermon that I preached, you have no idea until you have an idea how many snares the enemy starts setting up in your life at a very young age. The snare that was set up for me that contributed to my low self-esteem was I didn't feel safe. I did not feel like at any given moment, the man of my life or the man of my dreams would walk away from me. I was already being rejected by other boys. I already was starting to associate with boys uh, because of what they were calling me. And now the role model to keep me feminine hear me to keep me feminine chose somebody else that's how it felt as a child and I never recovered I thought I recovered but I never ever recovered not realizing that the enemy one day would use this against me most of my life I was a tomboy those who look at my pictures and everything I was a tomboy There was a girl in me, though, that I would like to have gotten out. But I never got the chance to get her out because I had such low self-esteem. I had become Natasha the Andiva. I believed that there were parts and aspects of me that could be feminine, but I had absolutely no idea how to tap into those feminine aspects of myself. So I stuck with what gave me applause. What gave Natasha Daniels applause is her demeanor, my sports, my ability to make friends, my ability to um, be very um, unemotionally tied to things and to people, to not invest myself in any relationship that I did not uh, test first. So an example of that is when I finally did get my first boyfriend, uh, my longtime boyfriend, um, when I was younger, I had experienced so much rejection by that time that, you know, he was a couple years older than me and I allowed anything in our relationship. One time I called him on three-way I bet this is back in the day when when three way was popping. And one day I caught him on three way, and long story short, he was talking about how he was going to smash some chick, you know. And those who don't know what the word smash is, it, it means to have sex with some chick. And I caught him on the phone, and he just thought it was the funniest thing on the planet. And so after enough rejection, you stop thinking even that you're a female. You stop thinking that there's anything about you that is going to let you have a healthy relationship with the opposite sex, with the masculine sex. And so I finally got to this point, y'all, where I was like, F it. I don't need nobody. And so then emerges this independent Natasha. I'll get my own degree. I'll get my own car. 
I'll sacrifice certain things for myself. You know, I'm going to help my mom out or whatever, but I don't need nobody, right? And so to fast forward into aspects of my life, I started to realize that my whole life was being set up by the enemy to make sure that I never tap in to Natasha the Diva. Now I'm going to pause right here because I want to make something very clear to you guys. The Natasha that you see from afar may or may not be the Natasha that I really am. But there is a secret me that I know exists. But can I be honest with you? I had no clue she existed. I had gotten so comfortable with playing basketball, playing sports, uh, being independent, making my own money. You know, at the time that I met my husband, I was talking to a number of guys and wouldn't commit. Wouldn't commit to none of them. (laughs) My husband laughs at me to this day because I couldn't even recognize that they liked me. I couldn't even recognize that somebody actually liked me. And it was a number of them. It was about five of them, four or five of them. Couldn't even recognize it. And this whole time, I had started building my life around the fact of I was going to go into the WNBA. Eventually, I was going to cross over into men's basketball. This is really what I thought for myself. I'm going to become a Fortune 500 um, woman CEO. Notice all the things that I'm picking. Fortune 500 CEO, I don't need to get married because marriage ends in divorce. And I don't want to have any kids because that means that I will have to be vulnerable with a man. So I'm going to set myself up for power. Hear me clearly. I'm going to set myself up for power. So anything that represents feminine is not even a factor by the time I'm 19. It's not even a factor by the time I'm 18. It's not even a factor by the time I'm 12. None of those things mattered to me. What mattered to me was power. And I want to say that because if it wasn't for my husband showing up in my life at 19 years old, I do not know the person that I was going to be. I have no clue who I would have been. I have no idea. So big shout out to my husband who stepped into my life. But here's the problem. And I'm going to get just a little gritty about my relationship, about my marriage. I had no idea how to treat my husband, my boyfriend at the time, but I had no idea how to treat my husband. You have to remember, I just spent from the year of seven to 19 almost having encounters with men, but not ready to be a wife. I had encounter with boys that ended up in rejection, but I didn't trust the boy or the man that God was pulling into my vicinity. The truth of the matter is, is that I was with my ex at the time that I had met Jasper. Even so much so that me and my ex were chilling at my house on the couch. Jasper came in the room and something in my spirit immediately moved away from my ex. It wasn't me because I was determined that my ex was going to be with me. My ex was into a lot of different things. Um, He was never abusive. Nothing like that. You know, it just it it was a it was a a thug life. And I was going to be his ride or die, rough riders, roof type of chick, right? Because, because, because there, there wasn't a soft bone at that point in my body that I was really, that I was willing to expose. 
all these traps for my identity were being set up at a very young age that by the time I was 19 and got a prompt, one of the many promises I'm due, whew, one of the many promises I'm due, I could not recognize my promise. Not only could I not recognize my promise, I had absolutely no idea how to be this Natasha that Jasper saw. So I spent years fighting with Jasper about the fact that I'm not wearing certain things. Not only am I not wearing them because now I'm being introduced into the life of being a first lady and I'm being introduced into the life of potentially competing with his ex. Now, let me say this. Don't don't get it twisted. Okay, Jasper and I, we were in some things when we met each other. And, And I'm not saying necessarily bad things, but the way that Jasper and I got together was so um, unscripted. We met each other. We liked each other. You're cool. You're cool. Went out to, 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 to breakfast oh, a couple weeks later, a week later, I introduced him to people. And then literally I'd say within like two weeks, Jasper and I were, we, we need to be boyfriend and girlfriend. But Jasper was in a couple of situations <laughs> And we were just talking. We weren't cheating on people. Let me say that. We weren't. We were in situations where we were talking to people. And we had to shut a lot of those situations down in order to try and make he and I work. But in his relationship, Jasper was really torn between, and he could talk about this on his podcast, but he was really torn between um, the love of his life, meaning the one who he had chased after all his life, and me who he knew needed to be in his future as his wife. And because of all the rejection that I had gone through, I was unable to accept the fact that I was Jasper's first choice. I was unable to accept the fact that Jasper didn't want to make me everybody else, but that it's okay for him as a man to have a preference as to how he would like his female to be without taking away from me. My immature, hurt place could not see anything other than an undiva. And the reason why I keep saying undiva is because we had a service this week and the apostle who came in confirmed it, had no idea, but confirmed it. There was a me that was so tucked away and that was so hidden away that I actually, up until last week, felt like This version of Tasha cannot come out because it would not only be a lie as to who I was, but fear that I would be conceited, fear that I would go through things that I've never gone through. So an example is I've never gotten in a fight with with a chick about looks. (laughs) For some people, I may be like, well, are you cute? Yeah, I'm cute. But I've, I've never experienced that because they never had to compete with me. I've never experienced, you know, somebody stealing, you know, me, me, somebody's dude uh, stealing me or vice versa, me stealing somebody's dude because of my looks, because I've never put myself in the competitive category to do that. Now, I'm not saying it to be smart or to be funny, but I'm being sincere. I've never encountered those situations because I never put myself in those situations. I never unveiled myself enough to actually tap into the beauty of me. 
I never have. I tapped into the power of me. I tapped into the character of me. I tapped into the the helper me. I tapped into an enabler in me, but I never, ever tapped into my beauty. And so because I never tapped into my beauty due to low self-esteem, due to the way that I was raised, due to a lot of different things, Jasper and I have struggled with me not being um, the man in our relationship. But can I tell you something? It wasn't that I was being the man belittling him. And he can attest to that. I'm not belittling his manhood. I just never knew how to rise and be this woman that I wanted to be. Because I didn't know that she existed. So what does this have to do with, with Psalms? I'm, I'm glad you asked. Because we're, we're, we're almost done for today. What this has to do with Psalms is... In this culture that we now live in, I cannot promise you that I would not have been in a same-sex relationship, right? Because I didn't know any healthy heterosexual relationship. In the culture and in this society that I am in, I have feared doing women's ministry because I cannot speak to a woman about womanly things because I'm still trying to discover the woman that I am. I have feared being a mother before Jasper and I got to the place where we finally were ready to have children. I did not know the type of example that I would be if I were to be. There was a woman, Natasha, that has been stripped so badly to the point that I have no idea who she is. There is an aspect of me that I have no idea who I am. So. What I'm learning is that for some, for Psalms 91, three through five, there was a trap set out for me. And I hope that everybody can hear me. And I know this podcast is a little long today, but give me like five minutes because I feel like the reason why I need to share this is because without God, I would have been robbed of doing this podcast. I would have been robbed of becoming an artist. It wasn't until I became an artist that I actually started enjoying makeup. It was the first time I had my my makeup done professionally. Becoming a gospel artist started to open me up to wearing dresses and going on red carpets and presenting myself in a way to actually go get my feet done and 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 pamper myself in a way that I was not used to. I actually thought it was it was conceited of me to take care of myself. But put a bug or a spider in front of me and I'm running. Don't come around me all funky. I'm going to tell you to get in the shower. You know, um, there are there's a lot of things about me that are very feminine that I cannot even recognize. I was on the phone with somebody um, um, a little bit ago and they said, sis, you might be a tomboy, but you are extremely feminine. And I could not see it (laughs) because I'm in an environment that causes me to always have to handle, manage situations, moments, et cetera, et cetera. So what does this have to do? There were snares that have been set up for me all my life. And there is no guarantee that if I did not find Jasper, if there weren't certain pivotal moments in my life, I would not be here at this moment right here today. So what am I saying to you guys? I'm saying to you guys simply this. It's nothing deep for for today. 
All I'm simply saying to you is be mindful of not only what you say to other people, but be mindful of the snares, which are the trauma, the drama, the hurt, the pain, the bitterness, the grief, the lack, the doubt, the distrust, the, 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 the lack of belief, the poverty, the abuse, the neglect. Those are all snares that the enemy utilizes to trap you into not knowing the secret you that has been created. In that same scripture in 91, it talks about us being hidden in the wings, under the shadow of the Almighty. And I never understood it until I actually had to preach about it. And what the book is actually saying, or what the Psalm, it's Psalm 91, what the Psalm is actually saying is there are parts of you, there's security in being wrapped underneath the shadow of God. God is not only your refuge and your fortress that you got to start trusting in him, but there is a way that God rescues you. So, so let me say it like this. The Bible in Jeremiah talks about how God created us, right? And how he fashioned us and how he put us in our mother, mother's womb and that there are things that he knew about, God knew about before you even became a zygote, AKA a sperm and an egg. Y'all ain't think I know that, right? A sperm and an egg, right? There's a you that's been created before you entered into the mother's womb. And it takes relationship with God to find you. Let me say that again. You cannot find you in experiences. Those are breadcrumbs of aspects of you, but it is not the full version of you. Only one person knows the full version of you. And the person who knows the full version of you is the person that created you. For the Bible says that you're created in secret in the presence of the Lord so that no one, hear me clearly, no one knows the real you but him. But here's the other part of it. There is a place in God that he assesses or that he accesses and only he has the right to it. So Tasha, what are you saying in this podcast? Here's what I'm saying to you. The enemy's job is that when he sees you, he is going to set things up for you based on pattern and experience in your past, in the bloodline past, in your grandparents past, and they're called snares. Snares, if you ever study what a snare is, is a, it's a trap that's set up to catch animals and it's consisted of a looped cord right so 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 imagine that once an animal specifically a bird right it was for birds and I'm going to tell you why and I hope that this blesses your life specifically for birds because the loop would tighten up around the animal while the fowler or while the trapper put food or something that that individual liked, in this case it was an animal, something that that animal liked. So let me paint the picture for you. So for a bird, what the fowler would do is he would put this cord, this looped cord um, and this cage right on, right underneath, let's say some grains, okay? And he would put it next to the grain so that way the bird would come down onto the cage, not realizing it was a cage, all right? This is why in, 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 in verse 3 it says he'll rescue you from the net of the trapper, right? Because it's a net or it's a, it's a cage. And what would happen is as you're eating what has been tricked on you or, or, or what, has, uh, what the enemy is utilizing to breadcrumb you in with, there's a cord that's getting tighter and tighter and you're not even aware of it 
the cord that was being tightened and tightened for me was wrapped in low self-esteem. It was wrapped in me not knowing my identity and assuming that the words that were put on me were what I was going to be. So my breadcrumb was the applause of sports. My breadcrumb was the applause of being strong. My breadcrumbs were all the applauses that made me forget the other aspects of me, okay? So here's the question you have to ask yourself, right? The question you have to ask yourself is why is the bird down on the ground? <laughs> Let me say this again. Why is a flying animal on the ground? Why is the undiva Natasha Daniels limiting herself to everything except for the aspects of her that feel safe, the aspects of her that God has called me to? And the reason for that is because I had absolutely no idea that this whole time the enemy had been putting things in motion for me so that I would never be all or the full manifestation of who God created me to be. I am more than confident that the frustrations I experienced in my life were holy frustrations to draw me closer to God because without them, I would have been a WNBA uh, individual in a same-sex relationship, making millions of dollars, grinding, hustling, nowhere near, nowhere around the presence of the Lord. Holy frustration about music and about if you're going to be in church make sure you're in church right and my frustration with the Kojic church and I'm looking back over my life and I'm realizing that every frustration I had was a holy frustration to push me into destiny because the only person who knows the real me is God right so what does this have to do with the trapper I asked you a specific question and the question I asked you was why is the bird on the floor why is the bird not flying? Oof, this is going to help somebody today. The reason why this scripture is even present is because God is trying to tell you that the shadow of the almighty is not on the ground. It's in the air. Oof, God does not descend to where you and I are. God requires our spirit to ascend to where he is. But the enemy sets up traps that make you descend or that ground you to a place so that he can now capture you or take away your abilities to find out your secrets that are locked in God. In other words, the net or the trap of the trapper or the fowler is not being thrown into the air. It is luring you down to the ground. So those who are dealing with depression, there was a luring that lured you down to depression. It lured you down to low self-esteem. It lured you down to all of those things that are starting to plague on you rather than you ascending up to, to where the shadow of the Lord is so that you can understand the secret of who you are. But I've got great news for you. It is the place if you would just take a minute and think about what got you 
down to the Fowler's trap. It'll also tell you how to get out of the Fowler's trap because all the enemy does is tell you lies. So if he says that you are a loser, then you have to understand that it's your losing mentality that got you down. Listen to me. The losing mentality brought you down to his trap. So what would be the opposite? I'm a winner. You stating that you are a winner, you are ahead and not the tail. Every lie that puts you in the trapper place, all you have to do now is begin to say the opposite to ascend to the secret place of the most high God because all the enemy can do is lie so when the enemy told me that no man would ever love me I found my husband when the enemy told me that I would be a nobody that's when I became somebody I actually just had somebody bless my life today about my music my music is almost five years old and sometimes as an artist it makes you feel irrelevant when it's not doing what it should be doing but let me tell you the moment I felt my most irrelevant was today because I had to do this podcast and no sooner that I started recording, the Lord sent somebody in my view to encourage me about something that happened five years ago. Cause let me tell y'all something. I'm ready sometimes most moments to hang up all of this, not because I don't get the fame or the popularity or the praise or the prestige that I'm looking for, but because I'm not sure who it's affecting. And I don't know about some of you. I don't know why I feel preaching in my spirit today. I don't know about some of you, but if you're, I'm not doing my gift for popularity. I just need to know that it's effective because I don't want to be drained doing something for God in the wrong capacity. I don't want to put myself in situations where God isn't getting the glory. I don't need my gifting to to make me go beyond my time. I want God to be ahead of me and leading me wherever I need to go. So what's the bottom line, Tasha, of what it is that you're trying to say? I'm saying to somebody today through the undiva Natasha Daniels that is now becoming the diva. Whew, because notice my language today. Natasha the undiva was the Natasha that just died last week. Hey, my God. I had to get rid of that mindset that I am not beautiful because I feel that way often. Tasha, you're not pretty. Y'all just heard my, my podcast on FUPA. Tasha, you're not a small. You're you're a big giant girl. You've got three necks. You've got you've got the grandmama arms with the fried chicken. But guess what? Those things might be true, but that's not my secret. Whew. That's not the secret me. That's not the me that's still being revealed. That's just the me that I've settled for because I've gotten caught in some traps. But I decree and I declare today for those of you that are listening to me, I don't know where the enemy has got you trapped. I don't know why the enemy's got you trapped, but I will be a diva for God every chance that I get. I will dream all of the dreams I didn't think I could. I will wear the makeup I didn't think I could. I will call myself beautiful. I will look in a full figure mirror and tell myself that I am beautiful. I will drive the car that I earned and that I deserve. You know, one time I had somebody tell me that I, me driving a BMW, at the time I was driving a BMW, a 2000. 2009, by the way, BMW. 
Somebody had the audacity to tell me that they didn't want to pay my little $300 honorarium because they didn't want to pay for my vehicle. Let me tell you something. Anybody who knows anything about me knows that my honorarium goes to the culture that the church has created. I don't know why I'm going here, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. In other words, I have a full-time job. I make money on my full-time job. I don't make money on engagements. I don't make money on anything. And those of y'all who do CD CD sales and and streaming, y'all know that we only get about 0.0001% of a stream. So if I only got 2,000 streams, I'd be lucky if I get $20. My point in saying it is this. I will be everything that God wants me to be. I will position my life in a humble way that gives him glory. I will lift him up every chance that I get. I am tired of being caught in the plague of the enemy. I will lift myself up and ascend to the hill of the hill of the Lord. I will clean my hands and purify my heart. That way I can get to where God has for me. He is my refuge. He is my fortress and I trust in him. Not only do I trust in him, but I will be covered in his pinions or underneath his wings. I will learn to take refuge. Here's what's crazy. I'll learn to take refuge in God's wings, even though the fowler tries to trap me on the ground that lets me know that when I ascend to where God is his faithfulness will be my shield and my wall and not only will it be my shield and my wall against the fowler hear me but it will also be the refuge I need to discover me now I know I just went on this whole whole tangent but I feel like I need to encourage somebody who's been listening to my podcast You are not what life has made you. You are not where life left you. But you are who God has called you to be. And I don't know, I don't know your process, but I know that it was, it was, it was me finding God for myself and continuing to find God for myself that is beginning to open me up to All of the things that I am supposed to be in him. No bird lives on the ground. So I say this to every eagle soar. I say this to every single person soar. Because that's the only way God desires us to be. Is soaring with him. Your spirit is light. Let me say that again. Your spirit has no desire to stay here. Have you ever asked God why make human bodies? That's a whole nother topic for a whole. That's the atmosphere here. But it's also to contain your spirit because it's not time for your spirit to reunite with God just yet. That's a whole nother topic. But let me say this. God is our refuge and our fortress. I trust in him. And for those of you who have been going through so many different things, I encourage you to do the same. Follow God in this season. No matter what you do, go with God. It doesn't matter what trauma came in your life, what drama came in your life. Look, if you need healing and if you need help, reach out to us, reach out to me, reach out to our church. We have healing groups. We have power groups. We have prayer teams. Reach out to us and get the deliverance, the help, the healing, that grief off of your back, the depression off of your shoulders that you need. 
Because God is for you. I know I had a little churchy moment today, y'all. But I think I had that churchy moment today because more more than not, you guys really need to hear. The enemy is trapping you in places for years. And then the one day it just, the realization is that I got trapped somewhere. And I'm telling you that you don't have to stay there. So even though this podcast started out with being Natasha the Undiva, you best believe that y'all about to see a Holy Ghost diva. I know for some of y'all real deep people, I ain't going to be a Holy Ghost diva. What I'm trying to say is I'm going to be everything, every secret in its due time, I will fulfill that God put inside of me. I will be everything that God desires for me. I am no longer afraid to transform or to go through a level of metamorphosis numerous times over and over and over again to reveal all the secrets that God put inside of me. I will accomplish and I will become everything because he put it inside of me. So for that, God, we say thank you and we honor you. Thank you for this moment and thank you for this podcast. I pray that your name would get the glory, honor, and praise. I pray that somebody who's listening to this will feel empowered to become everything that you desire of them. All the secret things that you, all the secret goodies that you put on the inside of us. I pray right now that we would begin to understand and we would begin to break those chains. We will begin to renounce every evil spirit that's been attached to us and that has been assigned to us so that you can get the glory. We speak well and we declare, God, that we are ascending to where you are, that you would be our refuge, you would be our shield, you would be our fortress, God. Reveal to us the us that you created before the beginning of time so that you can get the glory out of our lives. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. So it's another episode in the books. Do me a favor if you can, like, share, tag, but more than anything in all that you do, make sure that you're going with God. Love you guys. Be blessed.